Every single one of us has a feminine genius, a particular way that the Lord is inviting us to bring forth new life into the world. But embracing that feminine genius in your daily life can be incredibly challenging if you're facing something hard, a wound, a struggle, but you're pretending that everything is fine, that you're okay that you actually, you don't need any help. Maybe it's hard to admit to a friend that you're really struggling in your marriage or in your motherhood. You might be experiencing tension at work or going through a big transition, like a move or a career change. Or maybe you're noticing tendencies in yourself that you're ready to change. People-pleasing, perfectionism, pessimism. Maybe you're ready to take the next steps towards healing. Maybe you're ready to open the door to your heart just a crack and let the Lord... Let a friend, let a mentor in and share what's really going on. But what does it look like practically to experience healing from wounds and overcome self-doubt and reignite your faith life and discover who you are on a journey to wholeness and holiness? Welcome to Letters to Women. This is a podcast where we explore and embrace what St. Pope John Paul II called the feminine genius, this unique strength and dignity that we have as women and what growing in that actually looks like in our daily lives. So this isn't a podcast where we talk about the one right way to become a Catholic woman. And this isn't a show where I sit down with other women and we share a rigid set of expectations for Catholic women today that will leave you feeling left out or like you don't have a place here. Instead, you're going to find conversations with women in a variety of seasons of life, and you're going to hear about how they're living out their own feminine genius. And that's all offered as an encouragement for you to discover more about who you are and how you're called to live out that feminine genius too. My name is Chloe Linger. I'm a Catholic wife and mom living in Kansas City. And tonight I'm coming to you from my basement recording studio, surrounded by piles of laundry. The dog is still barking upstairs, but here we are. And I've talked to the girls into bed and I love rounding out the night with a good conversation about one of my favorite topics, which is the feminine genius, and then being able to share those conversations with you. In this episode, I'm sitting down with Kristalina Everett. I remember sitting in the audience at a National Catholic Youth Conference over a decade ago and hearing Kristalina speak for the very first time. And then that evening, back at the hotel, in the elevator, some friends and I bumped into her and Jason, and I was such a Catholic fangirl. And what sticks with me from that memory is being struck with the probably obvious fact that the Everett's, this couple who have very much shaped my ideas around chastity and virtue and relationship and healing, that they're human beings. And something that is such a gift about hosting this podcast is that I get to sit down with women and hear their stories and get to know their story better. Women who might be sharing their story for the first time or who have shared their story with millions of people. Kristalina and I are talking about healing and this incredible resource that she's put together in a brand new book for women who are ready to take those first steps in a journey of healing, and how a heavenly friendship with St. Therese helps remind Kristalina of her own mission. So if you are ready to experience healing in your life, then sister, this letter's for you. Today's episode of the Letters to Women podcast is sponsored by Sacred Heart Tea Company. Maeve is my sweet four-year-old daughter, and she has been struggling with bedtime recently. So we have added something new into our little evening routine with her, a mug of tea to sip on while we're winding down for the night. Sacred Heart Tea Company creates loose leaf teas based on the lives of the saints. So it's not only the perfect addition to your evening or morning routine, it's also a chance to learn more about the saints and their stories. Their tea shop features green, black, and herbal teas, as well as caffeine-free teas for evening time. And if you don't know where to start, check out their Communion of Saints sampler, which features sample sizes of all of their teas. You can find out more at sacredhearttea.com and use the code LETTERS, all caps, to get 10% off your purchase at checkout. 
That's sacredhearttea.com with the code LETTERS for 10% off. Today, I'm welcoming Kristalina Everett to the podcast. Kristalina is the founder of Women Made New and the co-founder of The Chastity Project. She's the best-selling author of Pure Womanhood, How to Find Your Soulmate Without Losing Your Soul, and the curriculum You, Life, Love, and the Theology of the Body. She's spoken internationally to more than 1 million people about the virtue of chastity, healing, and God's plan for human sexuality. And she's made television appearances on MSNBC and the BBC. She has a weekly show on EWTN radio and has hosted several television series for teens and women on EWTN. She and her husband, Jason, have spoken at World Youth Day in Sydney, Madrid, and Poland, and they've been blessed with eight children. Kristalina, welcome to Letters to Women. It is so good to have you on the podcast. It's an honor to be here with you and your audience. Thank you. So today we're going to be talking about wounds and healing and the feminine genius. But to start us off on our conversation together, can you tell me a little bit about your story as a Catholic woman? One thing that I've learned through all of this, um, just to start off, is that we all have wounds, right? Everybody listening in some way, shape, or form has wounds. And I got mine when I was very young. And uh, my father left when I was two. And my grandfather, who I was completely in love with, and I really looked up to as a father figure, ended up cheating on my grandmother and leaving uh, when she was, I think, like 56 years old. So that devastated me. And I thought, well, love doesn't last. Then I went into high school and just looking for love and looking to feel that and wanted that longing for that I don't know, love and that self-worth and, and finding it in the wrong places. And um, I became incredibly promiscuous and someone that I thought really loved me um, ended up just using me and it was a spiral from there. And I got into the drinking and the drugs and the partying. It just got really bad. But my mother tried everything. And one day she came to me and said, Crystalina, there is a chastity talk and you're going to it. And I said, I am not listening to some dork talk about sex. Thanks, but no thanks. She goes, you're going to lose your car. And I said, okay, I'm there. Where's the address? And I I had a party to go to. So I went and I listened to this talk and there was a young man who had courage to get up there and he pierced the darkness that I was in that night. And he talked about all the girls, all the pornography, everything he had been into. And I felt like he had grabbed my hand and walked through my life. The one thing that he had that really struck me more than anything is that he wasn't ashamed of himself. I could not remember one day listening to his talk that I hadn't been ashamed of myself, not one. And from that point on, I knew I needed to get my standards out of the gutter and start respecting my body and start respecting God. I went to confession and I slowly changed my life from there. And I really had a heart for young women like me who had this promiscuous life. A lot of my friends and girls that I went to high school with never really heard that message that it's never too late to start over. And I did it. And I really just wanted to help young women. And I ended up going to the Bahamas after a while because they had a big chastity conference. And Jason actually was speaking at it. And that's where I met him. And and then here we go. It just kind of went from there. Oh, I love how you phrased for the man who was giving the chastity talk that night that you heard it, that there wasn't shame there, that he had this acknowledgement of all these things that had happened in his past and all the ways that maybe he would redo it if he could, but there was no shame there. That's radical when it comes to talks about wounds and healing and things like that. With the healing process, and I've learned over these years, is that it's like there's always layers to it, right? You're never 
fully here. You're never fully just like this whole person and like, okay, I'm, I'm done with it. You know, it's like God can only give you so much at a time. And so for example, let's fast forward into after I married Jason thinking I'm walking down that aisle thinking I was leaving all my problems and wounds behind me. Right. And that was going to stay outside of the church. And that was the lie I told myself. And I was starting this whole new fresh life. And I was just going to just forget all of that. Right. But it actually creeps and follows you into your marriage. It'll follow you into your motherhood. It'll follow you into your vocation as a wife or your job or your friendships if you're not healed properly I would say it was into like I was into maybe I just had the third child and I was really having a very hard time I didn't know what was wrong with me I was like crawling in my own skin I was angry I was mad I was sad and there was just a lot happening I knew when I went to adoration and I did as much as I could on my own right but every time I go to adoration Jesus was telling me I needed to go to counseling and I literally would look at the Eucharist and say no I'm not going <laughs> because in my family growing up, it was something you didn't do. You didn't pay people to talk to about your problems. That means you have psychological, really serious mental problems. And you just don't do that. We didn't do that. We didn't talk about those things. So I really had a bad outlook on counseling, but that's the direction God wanted me to go in. And it was very humbling, but I eventually agreed to it. And I knew that's where I needed to go. And I went and it was really through a lot of counseling sessions, adoration, that it came out that I was sexually abused when I was a little girl. And that day, that day was one, it was a hard day. But at the same time, I made so much sense to myself for the first time in my entire life. Like the puzzle pieces finally fit why I sexualized my anger, why it was hard for me to give love, receive love, just certain things uh, about me I didn't understand all made sense. But it was also a really hard moment in my life. And honestly, if I didn't do it with Jesus and I didn't do it walking in faith, it would have it would have taken me out maybe. I don't know. But I would go to my counseling session and then I'd go to adoration right after because you're opening up these wounds and who knows what's going to come up in there that I would go straight to an adoration chapel and I would just dump it out and I would cry. I'd be angry sometimes. I'd have memories in there that I feel like Jesus healed. I don't even remember what they were, but I was just like, whoa, that's happening in adoration. But I look back and I see that Jesus is the great healer and the doctor spiritually for all of us. And he will heal you if you're open to it. But we all have to show up to our own fight. And it can be scary sometimes. It really can be. You recently wrote a new book that's called Women Made New, Reflections on Adversity, Transformation, and Healing. And it's published through EWTN. And it dives into your story and the stories of other women and your particular struggles and wounds and then other women's particular struggles and wounds. Can you tell me about the inspiration behind this new book and what readers are going to find when they open the cover? You know, every single woman in this book is an overcomer in some way, shape, or form, right? And I knew a while back, I really wanted to help women even on a deeper level than I was. And get this book really came from a time when I was pregnant. I was about seven, eight months pregnant. And your body's very lucid at that time. And I was bending down to pick up a juice box, right? And because of just my body being where it was, and I guess the way I bent down, my backbone's kind of just opened, but then they closed the wrong way. And I was actually dislocated. And I didn't realize at the time and my entire right side just gave out my leg, I couldn't stand up. I was in the most excruciating pain. And I'm like, Jason, Jason, where are you? Out of nowhere, I'm just bending down in this little house to get a juice box. The next thing I know, I can't stand or walk or and I'm like, have this pain. And he literally picks me up. I'm, I'm as giant as a house. I'm huge. My toes are pregnant. And he carries me to the car and we go to the emergency room and they just tell me it was my sciatica. And I mean, my body is shaking. I was in so I, I don't think I've ever been in more pain than next to childbirth. It was bad. And there was 
was nothing they can do for me because I didn't want to have any x-rays. I didn't want to take any hardcore medication. I couldn't do any MRIs. I was so, I, the ba- with the baby, there was nothing I was going to do. So they sent me home and I maybe took some Motrin and I just had to deal with it until after I had the baby. So for the remainder of the time, I was bedridden. And Jason, for the first part, was like carrying me to and back to the bathroom. Then I learned to crawl and I was very private about it. I'm very private, right? And it's a time where either you're crying to God or there's times in your life where you are crying out to God. And that is the time where I was just laying there crying out to God. Like we just moved to Arizona. I have all of my children. Here I am ready to give birth, having a baby and I'm bedridden. And I'm just like, what? I was, I was a part of me wanted to just be mad and angry and just, oh, and pout. But I embraced my cross and I really dove into my, um, relationship with God of just, okay, what do you want from me? What are you doing? And I was reading and praying a lot. And in that time, I ended up having a dream. And that's really where this book came from. In this dream, all of a sudden, I was standing in front of aisles and aisles and rows of women standing in front of me, all shapes and sizes, different ethnicity, but their back was to me in rows. And all of a sudden, I saw this black shadow swooping in and out of these mass rows of women. And as he was passing them, he would throw, the the women would literally throw something behind them over their head. And all these things were flying over my head. I said, I said, Lord Jesus, what are those? And I turned around and I went, and there was this desolate, dead desert. And all these things were falling on this dead desert. And I looked down and they were the most magnificent jewels I've ever seen. And they were different shapes, colors. It was, they were beautiful. And the desert would come and they would fall down on the sand, like, like, you know, like wet sand when a rock hits wet sand, they were falling down. And then the sand would just come swallow them. Like they were never there. And I said, Lord Jesus, what are those? And then I heard a voice say back to me, those are the gifts and talents that I have given women and their virtues and their vocation that they are giving away and giving way to the world. And he said, go find the gems and give them back to the women. And then I woke up and I, I woke up. I was like, I said, what gems? I'm like, where are the gems? I literally woke up saying, where are the gems? And I was so unsatisfied and frustrated. <laughs> I'm like, what was that? So of course I'm like, Jason, there I'm screaming for Jason. And I tell him all about it. And he's just like, well, well, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll pray about that. We'll, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> and that was like, we'll talk about it. Um, but I was really emotional and very pregnant, right? I have a baby and it's like, it'll be okay. And I'm just frustrated, but I kept it close to my heart and I always remembered it. And things just kind of transpired in my life. I had the baby and I, women made new and my television show, then my radio show. And I started thinking I, that there are so many women out there, right? That are so powerful and amazing with their gifts that God has given them in their own ministries. But a lot of women coming into the church or women that have been in the church don't even know about these different ministries that may be able to help them. And I wanted to find a way to bring them all together and almost make this arsenal, this to weaponize women in their own healing. Because can you imagine women all over the world that are ready to show up to their own fight of their healing process and ready to become the woman that God has created them to be. And whatever it is that is keeping them from becoming that woman, that's what they have to go after. That's what they have to slay. That's what they have to show up for. And if all these women can heal, you have an army for God right there. And I wanted to create that. I wanted to bring women 
together. And I was sick of the caddy and the backbiting and this territorial nonsense that women have. And every woman knows what I'm talking about because every woman has experienced it in their own right. But there is a seat at the table for everyone and everyone's beautiful gifts and whatever God created them for. This was a way to bring everybody together and help women heal because I can't help that woman that maybe had that eating disorder or that had that abortion. But Teresa Tomio can or one of the other women in the book that has struggled with any different things. Maybe she's been raped or had an abortion or had an affair or is really struggling um, with her self-image or people-pleasing or was sexually abused as a child like I was or is having struggles with spiritual battles in her life. Whatever it is, you can find it in this book in a woman that has overcome that problem, but she also has a ministry to show for and can help that woman heal as well. Because I don't have all the answers, I don't pretend to, but all of these women, they all have different answers for the different types of wounds that women may, may have out there and they can help them heal. And above all, Jesus can help them heal. It gives me goosebumps hearing you talk about this dream because it's, yes, it's so true. And I think what's really beautiful about this book is that it really flies in the face of a culture that tells us as women, just put a mask on in your relationships with others. Just pretend that everything's fine. Don't go deep with your friends. Don't ask for help. And here, when you open this book, you're seeing 12 women who vulnerably share some of the hardest parts of their story and without shame and experience healing and talk about the reality and the gritty messiness of that. And then mm-hmm. I, I love like, here's the next space. It's not just, here's a story that to read. It's a, here's the next step for you. If you see yourself in the story here, here's the next step. Yes. This is like a manual almost on how to heal women on how to overcome different stages in your life. So someone that's maybe just graduated and can read about just maybe how they can heal, how they can strengthen themselves, what things not to do in your life or how to help that friend out there. There's so many different ways that this book can be used. But above all, I wanted this book to be almost like a manual of facing those hard things in your life. And I want women to just ask themselves that one question because it's a pivotal and incredibly important question. What is it that is keeping you from becoming the woman God has created you to be? Because all of us have a purpose. All of us have a mission. God has a plan for every single person listening right now. And how many women can say that they are walking in that in this moment? Because that's why we're here was for that. And things happen throughout our lives. But if we actually don't give God the permission and say, Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, I give you full permission to do whatever it is you need to do in my life to transform me, to be the woman you need me to be so that I can fulfill the mission you created me for. That is a powerful, powerful prayer because God is not going to force himself or his will on us. And just like the devil cannot force us to sin, we have to give our will over to it. And the same thing is with God the Father. He won't force anything on us as good as whatever it is he has for us is. We have to give self-permission and say that to him or else he cannot do that. And the beautiful thing about this book is that when I asked, let's say, Catherine Hadro, that's where it happened, is when I was calling all the different women to do this book. I called Catherine Hedrow specifically. And she says, well, Kristalina, what do you want me to write in this book? What do you want my chapter to be about? And I was telling all the women this. The response was different this time. And I said, I don't know, Catherine, go and see what Jesus um, has to say to you. I know he's going to give you that gem he wants you to give women. And do you know when I said that? (gasps) I was overwhelmed. I was practically in tears. I got chills all over. And I got off the phone and I remembered the gems. And I realized in that moment, I was collecting the gems. And finally, I was satisfied. 
after like years, it was that moment I realized, I feel like these are the gems that women are missing or that have given away. And God wants to heal you in that area of your life. Because if that is an area of your life that you are struggling with, that is an area of your life that is keeping you weak, that is keeping you from doing the will of God. Because you only can go so far. And I was operating out of a lot of pride because I didn't want to face it. I thought I could just manage. I thought I could stuff it. I thought I could put lipstick on it. Whatever it is, you can't be fake with God. You can be fake with the world, but God knows and God's just waiting and he'll stay there and wait for you. And he'll stay there and wait for you on your deathbed if he has to. And you never completed what it is God is asking you to do. But why stay in that? I had a woman who was 75 years old who emailed me and she heard my story and she said, Crystalina, thank you for the courage. Finally, I'm ready to face that my father sexually abused me all the way up until I was 18. And then I left as soon as I could. And I never spoke of it since. And she goes, you gave me the courage to start my healing process. And I thought, oh my gosh, that is so amazing. And I was so happy for her. But then my heart ached for her as well of God has been trying to get her attention probably for a very long time time and she's been running and running but you can't run from what's inside of you right you can only numb it you can ignore it but it does affect you and it affects who you are as a person so I was happy for her but how sad that she went through her entire life carrying this baggage that she didn't need to carry and lived in the prison of someone else's sins that were done to her and it's not worth it we're stronger we're better than that and God wants so much more in the first chapter of the book, it starts off with you sharing about your story. And the chapter is called Unbroken. And you talk about how you have a very strong devotion to St. Therese of Lisieux. Can you tell me a little bit more about your heavenly friendship with her and how she inspires you in your mission and your journey of healing? Oh, I love St. Therese of Lisieux. And you know, I have this huge picture, these two pictures I had framed in my office of her because she is my confirmation saint. And I feel like she chose me. And isn't that how it is with your saints? They kind of choose you. And I was I was writing that first chapter, actually. And I came, it was like three in the morning. I did a lot of my writing in the middle of the night. And I was just stuck and I couldn't move any further in that first chapter. And I was just staring at her. I'm like, St. Therese, you've got to help me. You know, she've always, she always has really helped me. But I have this special picture of her where she's dressed up as Joan of Arc in a play that she did, right? She loved Joan of Arc. She wanted to be that warrior and go out there and just rah, save souls, you know, but God had her in a cloister, complete opposite. But I was looking at that photo and it really has inspired me a lot. And I realized in the very bottom of that photo was this crown I never saw before, this white, beautiful crown. And the picture's kind of blurry. There isn't, wasn't really a clear, good picture of her, but there was a white crown of roses. And I realized, oh my goodness, that white crown of roses and that sword in her hand is just foreshadowing the warrior that God is really going to have her be in heaven for us, right? And she really is. And I feel like she's gathering her army right now. I really believe St. Therese is calling all these different women um, to help them and want them to heal. And it's time for us to step up, to show up, to face it, own it, heal it. And St. Therese has definitely helped me in my healing process. And because of this book, I was allowed to get special permission from her Carmel in France to get that photo of her as dressed up as St. Joan of Arc and kind of have it refurbished. And it's beautiful the way the picture came out. What they can do with photos now is magnificent. And it's in the book. And I know you have it. You know what I'm talking about. And it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. And there is a museum in France that actually has her costume. And I knew they did a good job. And I knew it was real because it matched the exact colors. 
that that was in the museum. So that is like the truest form of that picture that they made. And it was beautiful. So it's really neat. But I really feel like she's calling women right now. And I feel like Jesus is too. It's like all hands on deck right now, ladies. There's nothing worth not doing what God is asking you to do. And everyone hears that small, still voice, right? Everyone hears it. Everyone knows if they should be doing or not be doing something. And half the time, we just don't want to listen. And we always question, well, is that really God? But a lot of the times we listen to that demonic dialogue that harasses us on a daily basis, telling us we're not good enough, we're not worthy enough, we're not smart enough or pretty enough. We listen to that and let it beat us up. But why are we so quick to blow off that God would encounter that in our own heart and come against that in some way and tell us who we are, the direction in our lives that he wants and what he's asking of us. And he really does. But we've got to take the time to just develop that relationship with him and and be unafraid of whatever it is he's asking us to do. When someone reads the book, it, it opens with a chapter from you and it also concludes with your own letter to women. I loved that. And it encourages women to ask themselves, why? Just all, all the things you've just said. Why are, are you always seeking approval from others? Why are you scared to admit your self-worth? Why are you belitting, belittling yourselves? Do you have any advice or encouragement for women as they ponder those questions and they're discovering who they are and maybe they're just taking those first steps in healing, in the healing that the Lord desires in their lives? The first step is, as we all know, is always going to be the hardest, right? Once you do that, you have to know that there is going to be a battle waiting for you, that it isn't going to be easy. You're set in your ways. The evil one wants to keep control, especially in those wounds that everybody has. He has control there. There is going to be a battle and to help strengthen you, I would say the first step is confession. And some people haven't been to confession and they can't even remember. Maybe it's been 40 years, maybe it's been two weeks, or maybe it's been a month. Whatever it is, if you are on the cusp of a healing process and you hear that voice, listen. As scary as it is, as hard as it may be, as, as the mountain you may face in front of you, it it's not going to compare to the mountain that you're going to have at the end of your life wishing you would have climbed that mountain. It's not worth it. It just isn't because God has something important. You are valuable. You are loved. And you have something incredibly important to do with your life. And don't waste it. And this is your invitation that Jesus is calling you to. Go deeper. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what you have to let go of or what you might have to sacrifice. Because God will bless you. He will take care of you. He will love you. And he wants to give you so much more. And don't let your fear control you because we are not controlled by fear. We are women of God. We are people of God and we need to start acting like it. And Jesus did not leave us in the clouds and left us orphans. He's there in in the Eucharist, in Eucharistic adoration, and you are not alone. And to go see him and don't be afraid of whatever it is he's asking you to do. Mother Angelica was unafraid. That's one thing. She had some courage and I'm sure she was afraid, but she did it anyway, right? And I feel like even though she's gone, she still is setting the world on fire from heaven with just her yes to Jesus. And that's all he really wants is just our yes. Because of her yes, she was able to make this big international worldwide television station, radio station that is still evangelizing people all over the world that people may not even get to. But imagine what God can do with your yes. You just never know and don't undervalue yourself or underestimate your importance to what God is asking you to do and how you can change someone's life. Because if it wasn't for that young man, I don't know where I'd be. And if I didn't say yes to God that day, where would I be now? I I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking with you. I wouldn't have married Jason. I wouldn't have had my eight children and my three babies in heaven. And I definitely 
wouldn't have my ministry if I didn't just say yes that day. Every decision we make right now, it matters. And so don't underestimate the importance of that. Where can listeners pick up a copy of Women Made New? Reflections on adversity, transformation, and healing. And how can they connect with you online after listening to this episode? They can get it at EWTNRC.com. They can get it at Sophia Press. You can go to Barnes & Noble or even Amazon, especially those that are out of the country. I've been getting a lot of questions about that. Um, And then they can connect with me at WomenMadeNew.com. And I just redid my entire website. And if you want to start a healing process, I made my website so it's very easy of one stop just shop of just starting a healing process if you want to find a counselor a good catholic trusted counselor in your area or you want to do it online with telecounseling you can go on my website and type your zip code in and all the counselors will come up and you know you can trust them and if you need to find an adoration chapel or where there is mass near you you can put in your zip code and you can find the nearest adoration chapel or different talk literature good podcasts for you things because when i was going through my healing process i was going through different different things and websites and trying to find good materials. And I was so open and raw and I didn't need to sift through some of the things I was, but I was just trying to find the good content, but it always wasn't, you know, and you're already hurt and wounded. You don't need that. That's, that's not what you need at that moment. You just need to go somewhere where, you know, it's safe that you can get healing and it's trusted and it's solid Catholic and that you're loved. And that's what I wanted to create for women. Oh, that's such a gift because yes. And that, and it can just be just having to do a Google research and and try to find out who is a counselor around me who I can trust can just be that much of an impediment that someone never goes and and sees the counselor. Exactly. It almost stopped me because I was just like, this is crazy. (laughs) This is crazy. So I just, I I saw a need and a hole and I just wanted to fill it. And so I did my best doing that. Kristalina, you're already answering the last question that I have, which is the question that I ask every woman who comes on the show. And it's this one. How do you live out the feminine genius in your daily life, especially as a woman who's encouraging other women on their journey to wholeness and healing? You know, don't try to be someone that you're not, you know, all too often, we try to live up to other people's standards and what they want of us and expect of us. But really, you need to step back and maybe spend some time in adoration and see what is it God is asking of you to live out in your own gifts, not somebody else's and what you think is good or what looks good or or what people are going to think of you, but truly live out of the gifts that God has given you and stay in your lane. You know, we go out of our lane sometimes <laughs> and we get in trouble and just stay in your lane. You know what you're good at. You know what God's calling to. You know your gifts. You know where you're at. And don't just don't try to be something that you're not because you're just stifling yourself because God created you to be something unique and beautiful. And even if your gifts are just like maybe your neighbors, you're not the same because you're you and you're unique. And there's things that he's given you that he didn't give your neighbor and that you need to utilize You need to know yourself and you need to heal and transform into that woman God has created you to be. And that honestly, that is the best way you can live out your feminine genius is taking care of you and what God has given you in your lane. And it will flourish as long as Jesus is in the center of that and you're doing his will. It will flourish. Kristalina. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for gathering these gems and putting them together for women to be able to get to know these resources and these women and the ministries that they have. It has just been a lovely conversation. Well, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. And just know you and all your listeners will be in my prayers and my adorations and the masses I go to. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Letters to Women. You can check out the show notes for my conversations with Kristalina on my website, letters to women podcast.com, or just scroll down in your podcast player for links with more information 
information about Women Made New, this fantastic resource for all of us who are on our own healing journeys, as well as how to connect with Kristalina through her website. In the show notes, you're also going to find a link to Sacred Heart Tea Company. They're the sponsor for today's episode. And finally, you'll find a link to sign up to my newsletter, Naptime Notes. Every month, I share my favorite reads, the books that the girls checked out from the library, the podcasts that I'm listening to, my braggable thrift store finds, and updates on our adoption process. That newsletter goes out this Friday, so subscribe today and it'll land in your inbox this week. Naptime Notes is always going to be free, but if you subscribe for five bucks a month, you get early and ad-free access to all the Letters to Women podcast episodes days and sometimes weeks before they go live. If you listen to this podcast, you love the conversations, the guests of the show, please leave a rating review, especially if you tune in via iTunes or if you're listening via Spotify. And if you know a woman who would love this conversation with Kristalina, please send this episode to her. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any future episodes. If you want to share a guest that you'd like to see on the show or tell me about your experience as a listener, you can always send me an email at letters to women at gmail.com. I would love to connect with you. And that's all I have for today's episode. So until next time, be not afraid.